Hey, welcome everybody to this first bonus Aruni episode of Everyday Masters. If you're just here for the first time, do yourself a favor and go back. For sure, don't start here. If you do want to listen to this bonus of Rooney, please go back and listen to episode 11. Jamie Hooper, an amazing guy who now has mastery teaching math to children with dyslexia and other language-based difficulties. So here's the setup for the bonus. I need to tell you a little bit about my wife, Nicole, who I love so, so much. Normally, we will hang out in the jacuzzi, and I will play her a rough cut of the episodes. She's another set of ears. She'll help me clean them up. She'll give me good ideas. Also, a little bit of background about her. She is somebody who has had a very successful career in weddings and makeup and in the makeup industry. She is a natural leader with a ton of confidence. She is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful on the outside, but even more beautiful on the inside as you're about to hear. So we're in the jacuzzi. We're doing our listen through of my rough cut of the Jamie Hooper episode. And what we realized very quickly is that Nicole has a lot that's going on for her. And it's because of this. Nicole's dyslexic. And Nicole struggled from a very, very early age in school. And so if you listen to Jamie, he's talking about his approach to teaching these kids. Well, Nicole was one of those kids. So we're in the jacuzzi. I have my phone with me. And I start recording on my phone and interviewing Nicole doing her own rapper upper of the Jamie Hooper episode. Without further ado, enjoy. Like you guys were talking about early on in kindergarten, no, in preschool I was held back because I couldn't learn my phone number. So everyone has a little paper phone and you had to memorize your phone number and I couldn't. So at pre-K, they were like, something's really wrong and I couldn't learn the alphabet. And so I knew early, early on something was wrong. And so from that moment, I was held back. By first, second grade, I was tested. I was bopped into every school you can think of trying to help me. And I felt dumb. And I felt like I was never going to get it. And I felt very awkward. And then that makes you socially awkward because you're so angry by the time you go to lunch or... (laughs) go hang out you're just so fried from failing and so like the hope of you're not going to fail because you've already failed at that point and then by sixth grade I was well fourth grade from all that I was in literally took the short little bus to a different school my mom would cry every day when I would leave and tutors and this and that and then they had me in a school where I went to a different classroom and that's embarrassing but by sixth grade, my Mr. Winston said, I see you. So who's Mr. Winston? He, he was my sixth grade teacher. Uh-huh. And next year, seventh grade, you're going into, you know, junior high, where that was the last thing I wanted. And he pulled me aside and said, I see you. You're really smart. And we got to get you out of this special ed, and I'm going to work with you. And just someone seeing me, not as someone that was failing but that you were going to be successful and taking the time to teach different you know i'm 56 years old so back then this was a traditional teacher in sixth grade saying we're going to do this different 
and he took cards and different things for me to learn spelling words and numbers and but someone investing in me and believing that I was smart and he told me every day how smart I was he's like you your IQ is off the charts how you dissect things are faster than most people in math how did you do that and he asked me to show him and so I think having someone believe in you and saying hey this is probably never going to be easy but if you work harder and smarter and that's just kind of how I had to accept it is that I was always going to have to probably work a little harder than everybody else but he gave me hope and in one year I went from the little classroom awkward and angry to out of special ed and in the regular classes and once I just accepted things were going to take me longer and I was going to do different and I needed some assistance I accepted who I was which changed everything Ah, accepting who you were. He helped you accept you. That I was really smart. I was really smart and I just learned different. And that's it. Like So you went from thinking you were dumb. Dumb. And then a teacher came into your life that actually told you you were smart. Yes. And said, "You're really smart." And so we like the Play-Doh and the different and the books and the money. It was someone not standing up talking at me. It's like how do we dissect the same problem to get to an answer and that would light me up like oh i am smart i just see it different and that hope and acceptance that yes i have dyslexia i flip words numbers get you know ahead of me as you know <laughs> when you try to talk at me to show me something i'm constantly grabbing it from you and saying i need to hold it i need to touch it So the hope and the acceptance that I'm smart. So after getting out of high school, let's say, you have always your dyslexia never went away. You've always experienced similar kinds of challenges in the world. How have you maneuvered as somebody who has dyslexia as a successful adult? How have you done that? I think what Jamie said is I quickly found mentors that had what I wanted and once I got that confidence that I was smart and someone I just one person you know I started gravitating to those people and I wanted to break through and so I knew I needed to be in a somewhat of a creative atmosphere I wanted to go to college I wanted to go to the normal college and I think again kind of after high school knowing again that it was just going to take more effort and that I was going to need help and asking for help and finding mentors and people or teachers or friends or a career and going for it and not letting my dyslexia stand in the way like own it up front what about this cuz i've i've been with you for a long time now and i think you have a superpower that came from this i've noticed Well, first off, you're an incredibly confident person. And you don't get down that much, which is interesting from somebody who started from this place of feeling dumb and broken. Ironically, I I don't see that in you much at all. Like you're emotionally tough. On top of that, you know how to maneuver in the world in a way that like I can't see. you know how to get places you know how to do things you are so fast on your feet 
you're better than me at a lot of this quick thinking maneuvering stuff you have great intuition do you see that do you see like I that do. because of how your brain works are those skills those other skills do those come out of the dyslexia so i think everybody no matter who how you learn regardless of a learning disability or whatever we all have weak things in this and because this was such a challenge then i i had to overcome so a teacher is going to call on me i'm going to have to read out loud i'm going I'm not going to do that. So I have to figure out quickly, how am I getting out of this or surviving? And so it has given me this superpower of kind of seeing the world. And I'm always on alert and thinking, okay, what's next? And what am I going to do in any situation? And I think you know, someone, and I can only speak of, you know, dyslexia and a learning disability is you get the superpower of surviving in very uncomfortable situations your entire life. And each time you kind of maneuver through it, you're like, oh, I did that. And then you see yourself like in sales, you know, and being an artist and working with people, I quickly connect and I can quickly dissect things that take other people longer because I've had to survive. But I think you almost see life in situations like chess. Like you see a situation and you're playing through the next five, six or seven moves. They're gonna do this, then I'm gonna do that, then they might say this, then I'm gonna do that, then they do this, do that. I'm in my moment, I'm like in my moments. They do something, I'm not ready for it. I have to sit and think for a while. You already have like five, six, seven moves ready to go. They come out fast, is that true? Yes. I mean, I never knew it until like kind of breaking it down and then seeing in my son who's dyslexic. It's like you're so fast at like in a situation, it's coming anything and it can be at the grocery store. It can be change that's going to be given to you. It can be reading the back of ingredients and you're not seeing it and you're like, okay, this isn't happening. So what am I going to do to get through this and make my next move and so i'm always in every almost it's sometimes exhausting but i'm already pre-planning my moves and if that doesn't work what's next and if that doesn't work what's next and if they do this and i do that i'll do this i just think of kids that have this is that i could promise you you have a superpower you know there is so much hope there's so much brilliance Anytime you have a deficit in one area, there is this superpower in another. And finding that superpower and owning that, yes, I see the world different, has made me who I am. And what about having a child? We, of course, will clear this with Max, but we raised Max. We did know early on that, just like Jamie talked about, we knew what we were seeing. I think it was very difficult for you because it was almost triggering. You were like re-traumatized as Max went through school, reliving all of it. How difficult was it for you with dyslexia to then parent a child with dyslexia? Beyond, I mean, you're just like, oh no. Early on, every night we, uh, you know, we read with the boys, every books around, all the things, because I probably overly wanted books around and overly didn't want the boys to have what I had. And I saw it early on and it was devastating because I just was like, oh no. And saw him saying, mom, I can't read and everybody else can. What's wrong with me? And there was two beliefs then. One was we don't tell them 
And because if you say that you have a learning disability, then you're already disabled. And the other belief is mine, which is find out early, get help, and don't try to push through traditional learning. And like, let's own this thing and give them hope because there's so much hope behind someone that has a learning disability. So it's like, we did everything from tutors, schools, special, uh, I mean, everything you can think of. And he still struggles, I still struggle. It was so hard to know that I passed this down. And the only thing I see in Max that's similar to me is that, again, someone that can land on their feet in a, in a situation no matter what and can move in the world very fast and survive probably better than the average person. If you put us against people without learning disability in a survival mode, we'll win. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. And Max is the, is the same way. Doing a wrapper-upper for the Jamie Hooper episode specifically, what, what are your thoughts about what you heard from Jamie that really struck a chord? So many. I mean, again, getting someone that already is walking in the door was such failure. I mean, it breaks my heart because by the time they get to him, they've already been tested and the three days of testing and the parents being frustrated and you know you're hurting your parents and you're hurting yourself and you're different and he knows that. Like, you just want to be seen and like for someone to say, I, <laughs> I know, this hurts and I'm going to get you out of it. I've got your back. We're going to figure this out. And you're, you're smart. You're brilliant. And he tapped into that and that to me is everything in life is just you want every person wants to be seen and doesn't want to think they can't do it and for one hand to put out and say i see you and spend the time that he has to to prepare because it's not like okay open your books we're just doing this he has to think on his feet and get creative because everybody learns so different so that's inspiring and the everyday master to have a teacher who doesn't have a learning disability have the patience which you know you get frustrated with me and you're probably the most patient person I know in the world because it's frustrating to be around someone who kind of like zots out I mean you kind of and to see Jamie saying get your kids tested find out don't give up believe in them they're not gonna fail they're not gonna you know not make it and take a breath and be patient and find a new way just you know brings tears to my eyes where do you sit with your own dyslexia today? Do you have shame when you think about it? Do you still feel broken around it? Or do, have, does it flip in a lifetime and become something you own as a piece of you? Not, I don't think you're proud of it, but you see it as an ingredient of who, who you are and you're more open about it. I mean, I don't think you walk around telling people. I do. Uh, oh, you do. So, so let me ask you, today, after now becoming a, an adult, where we're less, frankly, we, we give a shit less about what other people think about us as we get older, but where are you with your own being a dyslexic person, and how do you wear it today? I think what it's given me is great empathy, which patience, and that right there is a gift. I wear it very proud because I realize I'm very smart and I'm good at things and almost everything I go for, I go to the top and I'm willing to fight through all of it. And trust me, I'm doing Excel spreadsheets and writing and emails and stuff I can't do. And I warn everyone, hey, I'm dyslexic. 
I'm gonna send you an email. It's probably gonna not have the correct punctuations. I might make a mistake, but your goal, if I'm running a huge company and it's numbers and selling, I'm gonna get you there above everybody. And so I wear it really proud because I know it's made me who I am and I'm good at a lot of things. And so quickly, when I write, I look, my handwriting looks like I'm a second grader and I tell people and I chicken scratch, but I'm really proud of who I am and I don't really own it as a disability anymore because I think it's made me who I am, which is outgoing and empathetic. And I reach for the stars because I've had to fight through a lot to get where I am more than the average person. So how important was Mr. Winston for you when you think back about it as a character and how important are people like Jamie Hooper in children's lives? Everything. I mean, that's going to make me cry. (laughs) It's everything. Mr. Winston and Jamie Hooper's give people hope, survival, and the patience that you're not broken. And as an adult, I got to go back and tell Mr. Winston what he meant to me. And I kind of draw from that all of the time of how someone believed in me and hearing Jamie's story, that's like, it's life-changing. And that's why I think of parents and teachers, it's like, to have these people, that they have no idea, Mr. Winston had no idea how he impacted my life until I got to tell him as an adult. And hearing Jamie, it's, it brings tears to my eyes as you hear, is that we have to have these people that are willing to not, you know, they're, they're not making the big bucks. And we're only eight, 10% of the world. So really why, why, you know, why invest? And it takes people like that to, say, to invest in us that make the difference, who believe that we're, we are special and we're worth it. Oh, you are special and you're worth it to me, my love. Thank you for our first ever in the jacuzzi wrapper-upper. I love you. (laughs) I love all of you. And I really don't like to fight with you because you're 15 steps ahead of me. For sure. I'm the worst fighter with you. I got one move and then you have 18 that come right after it. And I don't know what happened and I'm in a pretzel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She knows that. Okay. I love you. I don't know what part we can put in there, but no matter what, it was, you know, thinking about it and listening to it was amazing. And your patience and grace with someone like me, you're lucky. <laughs> oh, I'm lucky every day. Woo! Humdinger, right? There she is, the wonderful Nicole Diamond. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, and we will see you next time on Everyday Masters. 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 Everyday Masters.